scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Repairs, an RAA-approved caravan crash repairer. This is Tony Pilkington. Yeah, welcome to this Monday afternoon ripper of a day. I mean, beautiful weather. Uh, they're talking, I mean, we're looking at tomorrow. We're looking at about 31 degrees for tomorrow for a Tuesday. Wednesday, about 30 degrees. Uh, forecast again on Wednesday, perhaps a... A likelihood of some showers uh, late on Wednesday afternoon and evening. And then on uh, Thursday, looking at about 27 degrees. So you've got to say, some spring weather has eventually arrived here in Adelaide. you got any traffic information, always let us know. It's always handy. I mean, petrol prices all over the place. I mean, Fenicum. Uh, the uh, the Celtics up in O'Connell Street, I've always thought, oh, $1.48, $1.49. There on the weekend, there it is at a $1.85. And I'm thinking... God, why? How can it go from a dollar thirty-eight or dollar forty-eight? Probably a couple of days ago, suddenly it's a dollar eighty-five. I mean, what have the Arabs kind of driven a ship down here and shipped it into them and uh, put it into the uh, into the pumps? But it doesn't make sense anyway. Something that does make sense is fruit fly. Uh, 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 an insidious sort of a thing. A couple of gentlemen. Uh, Nick Seacombe joins us now. Nick is the uh, the general manager of Fruit Flyer Response from the Department of Primary Industries. What a title! And uh, and Kim Kim Sirius is a garden expert, a horticulturalist. Uh, Nick and uh, and Kim. Good afternoon to you both. Nice to have you in the studio with us. Yeah, okay. lovely to be here. Now, there's so many questions about fruit fly. Um, <laughs> this is a, a, a dumb question, but I reckon it's an obvious one. How do you recognise that those precious trees of yours in the backyard have got fruit fly? What's the, what's the obvious? Well, I mean, you'll see, sometimes you'll see little blemishes on the outside. And, and look, fruit will get blemishes. Yeah. But then it's where the stinger happens. So when the, where the, where the, the sting happen? happens, so sting, the yeah. sting, the fly comes in, it lays its eggs, puts its, you know, puts a stinger in there, yeah. lays the egg into the fruit. It's really until you open that fruit and then you see the maggots. So you don't mm. actually know. Just looking at the fruit hanging on the tree, mm. you take it down, you take it inside, you open it up, and there's bloody maggots in there. Mm. It's really awful. insidious that way, Tony. You know. So, but we're really lucky in South Australia. Not much else gets into really good fruit. Yeah. And so, if you see a really when you nice say really good fruit, uh, how do you mean? So the thing about fruit fly is, yeah. is as Kim was saying, it can deposit its eggs into a nice piece of fruit. Yeah. And there are some bugs that get into rotten fruit, and oh. we all understand that. If you right. have a rotten bit of fruit, there could be things really around in it but a really nice bit of fruit fruit fly can sting it and they put eggs in there and then those eggs hatch into little maggots and that's really? what causes the damage so yeah it's a bit new that way uh, where where did fruit fly come from I and mean, was it was it introduced into the uh, into australia like rabbits and uh well, there's mediterranean fruit fruit fly that's uh, from the mediterranean yes yeah so they're, they're, they're it, it comes introduced. in in freight whether it be ships or planes or uh, well originally yes i mean before our sort of very strong border and quarantine laws yes yeah. things things came in and we, we've got Got, uh, issues all the way through. I mean, and 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 we still have things coming through, um, but uh, once they arrive, then it's up to our internal quarantine. And I mean, the uh, primary industries has done a magnificent job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I mean, the qual- quality of the uh, of of the quarantine has been great, Nick. Yeah. I mean, you you know you know better than anyone how much time, effort, and uh, money is being spent to protect our very important uh, export industry. It's a really important and ongoing job. You can you can imagine the amount of fruit and vegetables that travel around Australia um, every day. And, and fruit fly, as I said, it's one of these things that, that can travel in fruit, and that's what we need people to do 
um, if we want to try and eradicate fruit fly, we need to manage the way that fruit moves so we can stop it from spreading. Rana, the industry itself is worth an absolute fortune. I, I had no idea that uh, something like 37,000 people are employed in the uh, in the agricultural sector here in South Australia. Yeah, the agri- worth a lot of money to us too. Well, it is, and, and they're in country towns, and we all know how important it is to have jobs and yeah. industries yeah. in country towns. So um, a lot, and you know, particularly up in the Riverland, um, they rely on that fruit to be able to retain its its high quality and also the high prices that they get for it. Because around the world, we're renowned as a great food bowl and a reliable food bowl um, where, where, where they can pick fruit and you know it's going to be fruit fly free, which is uh, sometimes hard to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Down at Glenelg, Ileano's given us a ring from down there. G- good afternoon. Welcome to the show. You've got a question for our guests. Yes, I'm glad you got your fellows on because I was just um, in the garden, front garden this morning. I've got a lemon tree full of lemons, beautiful. But I found four lemons absolutely gone black. And I was just wondering, I was going to ring someone up to see whether it's fruit fry or not. But uh, um, I can't see any maggots. I opened them up and they're actually gone all mushy. But um wouldn't be fruit fly, would it? So, Ileana, what you've done there is exactly the right thing. The best thing to do is to open it up and have a look. As, as I said, there's a few things that can make fruit look a bit rotten, if it's been, especially if it's been on the ground for a little bit. But if, if you can open it up and have a look, if there's anything wriggling around in there, anything that looks a little bit suspicious, you can ring our hotline on 1300 666 and we'll, we'll come out and make sure, make sure if it's fruit fly okay, or not. Okay. And I must admit that... Uh, well, well, yeah, uh, thanks. Look, I'm glad you're on because I was just going to basically do that this morning, but... Uh, I can't see anything wriggling around, so... Good news. Right up. Good on you, Eliana. Good luck with all of that. Nick, why is it important, so important, you say, not to home compost during a a fruit fly outbreak? What are the concerns there, Nick? Well, it's all about the fruit fly's life cycle. Yeah. So fruit fly starts its life in as an egg because the fruit fly, the, the female fruit fly, lays its eggs into fruit. And they'll um, develop into larvae. This is the life cycle you're talking about. Yeah, now. yeah. And, and so they're inside the fruit, yeah. and, and naturally those fruit might drop to the ground, and, and eventually those larvae will wriggle out and, and pupate in the soil. Yeah. Now the thing about composting at home, and I do it myself, is it's, it's really hard to get up to a really um, hot temperature that some of the um, the um, com- uh, commercial uh, composters will do. Yeah. So really, by putting fruit into your home compost bin, you're putting it to bed. You're putting it right where fruit fly wants to be. Oh, it loves course. being in the soil, and yeah. it's not quite enough to kill it and yeah. so really if you're at home and you've got excess fruit and yeah. there's fruit fly um, concerns like we've got in a couple of suburbs. And, and you're tempted to compost because it breaks down and it turns into a lovely rich soil and all of the pluses. That's right and so the, the better option at the moment is to put it into your green waste bin yeah. that fruit will still get composted but it'll be done at a, at a commercial facility where it gets up to you know over 50, 60 degrees and that kills kills right. all fruit fly. You've got a question about fruit fly and it's always an ongoing concern here in South Australia now's the opportunity. Nick Seekham and uh, and Kim Saras are with us in the studio, more than willing, more than able to answer those questions of yours. Gina's question is one that you, you hear from time to time. Uh, Gina says, are there suburbs that are more susceptible to fruit fly in Adelaide, in South Australia, than elsewhere, and, and why? 
Well, I guess I guess the thing at the moment is most people in most suburbs, um, um, backyard fruit trees and backyard fruit and veg is really common. Yeah. So I wouldn't say certain suburbs are more susceptible than others, but at the moment we do have a number of suburbs that are in outbreak, and that's the red zones. That if you go to our fruitfly.sa.gov.au, so um, there are there website, are red zones, Nick. Yeah. There are red zones in yeah. metropolitan Adelaide, and that means there's an outbreak. And if you can check the map, our interactive uh, map on the website, you'll right. see whether you're in one of those red zones or not. Are they necessarily along? The, I've heard people, and you hear so many conflicting <laughs> stories, so many experts on fruit fly. Oh, you've had it? Oh, I know, but so-and-so, so-and-so. Uh, somebody was telling me a couple of years ago, oh, it's along the South Australian beachfront, or it's along the, the coast of the areas of the suburbs most susceptible to fruit fly. Not true? No, not at all. I think, it, it, as I said, it's really about where that fruit might be that the fruit fly needs to complete its life cycle. And so, at the moment, we've got fruit fly outbreaks um, from semaphore across to um, sort of the eastern suburbs and down as far as Marlston. So, it's, it's that sort of central region that we're dealing with right now. Kim, as a horticulturalist, one of the um, one of the questions most often put to you about fruit fly, are, are there a couple standouts that you think, hang on a minute or so, I've heard this before? Well, I think a lot of people think that it's uh, it just only happens in summertime. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. And you're That's thinking, not true? No. No, in oh, fact, God. it's uh, it's it's twelve months of the year, and we in Adelaide because we are such a lucky city yeah. and lucky state yeah. to be able to grow fruit that produces twelve months of the year, and that's a great benefit. Um, but a lot of people think it's only in stone fruit, and the answer is no. I mean, you know, well, we had uh, gentlemen then just talking about lemons, and uh, so and and this year's been a cracking year for lemons, citrus, any anything. I mean, you know, they've been laden. Um, so I think it's it's generally to say. It's a 12 month of the year problem. Uh-huh. It tends, their life cycle is a little bit more weighted to the summer, uh-huh. um, but they're still active throughout the year. We're, we're lucky here in, in South Australia for lots of reasons, not the least of which is obviously that the authorities are right onto it. What about some of the other states? How do they, um, how do they cope and, uh, do they have the fruit fry problem that well, we potentially have here? Well, certainly do. I mean, we've, our birthright here in South Australia is to walk out the backyard walk up to any tree uh, and pick a fruit and bite into it. And comfortably knowing that it's comfortably a, knowing fruit it, fly yeah. free. Yeah. When if, say, for example, you're in uh, Lithgow or you're in somewhere you know, in those sort of regions, um, your birthright is to bite into it and see half a maggot left. Oh, you know, my God. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> It'd put you off fruit forever, wouldn't well, it? <laughs> I, well, the first thing they have to do is they have to cut oh, it open and you'll bring it inside and cut it oh, and do that. So, you know, sake. I mean, you know, instead of, you know, as we were kids, you know, go out and pick the fruit. You know, go and grab some fruit. If you're hungry, go, down, go and pick a fruit. Uh, which we all did, and uh, and just sort of bit into it. So, so yeah. you're talking about when you were kids. When did fruit fly first arrive here in South Australia? When did we first become aware of it, Nick? So we're still free of fruit fly, but we've been dealing with these current outbreaks now for a little bit over a year. Are they, uh, are they worse than in previous years? Oh, uh, I wouldn't say worse. We're still following the model that will eradicate them, so they're yeah. not established, and we're still eradicating them, and, and, and that happens from time to time. But what's happened is over on the East Coast, Queensland fruit fly obviously started in Queensland, Yeah, but over recent years, is it's expanded its range and so is it more virulent than the one we have here uh, it, it, it's probably not more virulent, but there's more of it. And, and uh-huh. so sort of places like Mildura and the Sunraysia, which never used to have fruit fly. That's all of just sudden, over the border from us, yeah. That, that's right. And so now uh-huh. they have it. And, and that's what's changed in the last few years is that fruit fly in the East Coast in particular has extended its range a little bit further south. Both of you would have lived for the year of people from interstate saying, oh, South, you go across the border and they've got 
uh, geezers there, fruit fly inspection. What the hell is that all about? Uh, and the attitude in Victoria Mildura had relatives who lived over there, worked in the base hospital, and they thought, oh, that's a stupid sort of a thing, you know. How, you know. Uh, well, people used to say, oh, they're taking the fruit and they're selling at the fruit and veg shop in, the, in town. <laughs> now, what's, what's, is there a simple way of preventing fruit fly getting into those loved fruit trees of yours in the backyard, Nick? So it, it's all about knowing which fruit fruit fly like. And if we, yeah. if we get an idea of what fruits we're talking about, and as we said, it's your citrus and your stone fruit and even things like your fruiting vegetables tomatoes and, and uh, capsicums and chilies. Why do they hone in on those then? Oh, look, I think it's probably the softer fruits that, yeah. that they can makes it easier. And they're to juicier and they're, yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Plenty of sugar in them for the for their babies to eat. Um, once you know what fruit fly likes, and then it's a pretty simple four-step process. If you can um, pick your fruit yeah, and then you can check it uh-huh. and make sure that you're, you're not just leaving it on the tree. Uh-huh. Also collect any fruit off the ground because that's where fruit fly might be trying to get into the ground. Uh-huh. If you do see anything when you check it that looks a bit wriggly or looks a bit um, dangerous, ring our hotline on 1300 And if we can do those things, we can get onto things early. Are there certain trees uh, that are more susceptible, uh, that the, the, the fruit fly likes more than others? Well, it's really the fruit. So the softer the softer the fruit, so, yeah. yeah, it tends to be those. Um, so, yeah, as Nick said, it'll be the, as we're coming up into... Uh, into our spring summer um, cropping, um, and there's a lot of people who've been, you know, planting. We, I mean, from a horticultural, we've been we've been encouraging people to grow grow it grow it themselves. You know, grow in your backyard. So we're seeing it. I mean, the things that can be done is actually picking. So if you let a tree get too too big, too what big. Nat, you know, as in so big you can't reach the fruit. The fruit oh, just simply right. sits there. Yeah, right. So that's actually a problem. I mean, often you'll say, well, the birds will get it, but also fruit, they're vulnerable to fruit fly. So birds keep, are, are Well, they? no, sorry, the birds coming in eating oh, the fruit. Okay, yeah. yeah, birds coming in eating the fruit, but also if that fruit is, is unavailable for you to pick, it's just a beacon for some fruit fly to come in. Kim, is there any suggestion that if the, if the birds are avoiding a particular tree, it may indeed have fruit fly? Oh, I hadn't heard that one before, but they yeah. could be. Well, look, let's we could we could check that out. No, I, I, look, I, I would You'd suggest have to interview that, a bird. Yeah, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I just wondered if perhaps yeah. from a from an outsider, you're looking and thinking, hang on a minute or so, the birds hone in on such and such, but they've avoided that fruit, that tree. I'm wondering if indeed it's got fruit fly. I think if anything, after a fruit fly attacks some healthy fruit, it goes a bit rotten and mm. it goes a bit goes a bit off. So whether that's got anything to do with it, I'm not not sure, but mm. it certainly affects the quality of the fruit. Right. You've got a question, and there's so many questions about fruit fly. Give us a ring right now. Nick Seacom and Kim Cyrus is our guest. Eight double two three double is that number of ours. It's uh, just on a quarter to two now. Wake up with a smile every weekend with five AA weekend breakfast Saturdays and Sundays from six a.m. Thanks to cheapest chips, live cheaper with cheapest chips. Get all your gardening needs in store or online. Hi ladies, Heather from Joyreen Fashions. Do you get frustrated with the lack of choice to fit the mature figure? With 50 years fashion experience, we can definitely assist you in this area. We have a wonderful choice of spring and summer fashion and one of Adelaide's largest selections in casual day wear through to special occasion wear. Come in early and let's help you find that special outfit for any occasion. Joyreen Fashions for Mothers and Daughters, 491 Port Rush Road, Glenunga. 
You have just four days until the absolute final deadline in the Hospital Research Foundation Home Lottery. You could be collecting the keys just in time for summer to your fully furnished Scott Salisbury home on the Esplanade at South Brighton with half a million dollars cash. Join the fight and get your tickets today. Proceeds support all South Australians, fighting cures and improving care in our hospitals. Visit homelottery.com.au. Licence in 14053. Hi, Bronte Manual from Toop and Toop. Spring has long been the most popular time for buying and selling homes in Adelaide. Property values here are already at record high levels, but there's every chance they'll continue to grow as more buyers enter the market. As more homes hit the market, there's increased competition, and that means it's even more important to get expert advice. With almost 40 years of Adelaide sales success, Toop and Toop knows what it takes to achieve premium results. Thinking of selling? Go to toop.com.au. Want to learn to be the boss? Change the system. Blaze the trail. Want to turn your passion into pay? Ever dreamed of solving the problem? Helping community. Setting the trends. The time to take this course begins today. At Torrens University Australia, we can transform passion into careers that bring the best out of you. Find a course that fits you perfectly and follow your heart. Do what you love. And love what you do. Search Torrens University Australia. To stand the test of time, you need to be tough, made of the good stuff. You need style and tons of character, just like a Playford paver. Playford Pavers, one of the few companies that still make their own pavers for driveways, outdoor entertaining areas or paths in a great range of colours and textures. And because Playford Pavers make their own, you'll always pay less. Visit playfordpavers.com.au playfordpavers.com.au Why get Ocean Breeze Nova Next Gen River Name Dropper Why not? They're all great Australian names from Adelaide Custom Caravans AdelaideCustomCaravans.com.au Did you know shingles is caused by the reactivation of the chickenpox virus? Up to one in three people risk developing shingles in their lifetime. So if you're 50 or over, talk to your doctor. Individual symptoms may vary. Sponsored by GlaxoSmithKline Australia, Melbourne. Glenelg BMW is now open for all your servicing needs. With next day service and complimentary loan vehicles available, maintaining your BMW is easy. Bring your existing BMW service inclusive package and book your next service at Glenelg BMW. Cancer never rests, and for that reason, neither do we. Right now, our SunSmart program is helping protect and educate a generation of little Aussies. Our 131120 nurses are giving one-on-one phone support to people affected by cancer, and the funds you raise help our world-class researchers unlock more answers. And tomorrow, with your help, we'll start again. Cancer Council. Every minute, every hour, every day. Scrape your caravan, Walker Crash Repairs, an RAA-approved caravan crash repairer. 
This is Tony Pilkington. It's uh, nearly 10 minutes to two. Uh, we're talking our guests, uh, Nick Seacombe. Nick is the General Manager of uh, Fruit Fly Response with the Department of Primary Industries here in Adelaide. And uh, Kim Cyrus, a garden expert, a horticulturalist. Uh, uh, gentlemen, a question from Greg. He said, did I hear earlier in the conversation that Fruit Fly is not established here in South Australia? How can that be when we're talking about it uh, as of right now? So it's not established, and I think that's the the key thing here is that we do have an outbreak um, uh, program that we're running at the moment, but mm -hmm. it's not yet established. We're eradicating this pest, and we've got um, controls at our border to stop it coming in, yeah. and, and so we really are working to get back to that stage where all of those jobs that we were talking about before that are employed in the fruit industry, it's about $1.3 billion worth of produce every year. That's all. Is, and is it employs, dry. as you said, Nick, it employs a lot of people. Yeah, so that, that's where we're getting back to is, is to try to um, keep our state fruit fly free and protect that status. Yeah. Marcia's question, she said, uh, do we market our, our fruit as being fruit fly free when we're uh, selling it interstate and overseas? It, it's a really big thing. Look, if you speak to the citrus industry in the Riverland, yeah. a lot of the citrus that's grown in the Riverland is sold to Japan on the back of being fruit fly free. Oh, really? They don't and, have to spray uh, it. They don't have to fumigate it. Uh, it goes out as a fresh, nice So it's a real product. selling point. Yeah, and, and they get a premium product because of it. And the same domestically as well. Yeah, right. Kim, um, are people, uh, as a horticulturalist, are people, and you deal with them on a daily sort of a basis, are people becoming more aware of the... Um, the potential danger of fruit fly and what to do about it, or is it still something that it's only those people lucky enough to have a backyard and uh, and fruit trees? Look, I think it's uh, well. What we're doing today is is yeah. part of that Education. uh, the educational program, and yeah. the more we get it, and as as we're moving into a uh, into a very active uh, spring and into summer. Um, the messages are out there, but as we all know, it takes a while for some people to get that message. So it's about keeping the messages clear. Mm. So you know, if you see it, you pick your fruits. You you know, you check your fruits. Yeah. You, uh, you 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 make sure that it's picked up off the grounds. You collect it, and then if you see something, you call. Um, so I, I think mixed messages end up being a little bit uh, questionable. But the main thing is about keep. Keep growing your fruit um, and just keep an eye on it. It's uh, We don't want to panic anyone. It's just a matter of being sensible about uh, making sure that if you do find something, um, call it in. Um, the, the fantastic people, you know, the, the staff that turn up in their orange overalls, I've seen them working you know, close up and they're absolutely brilliant, knocking on somebody's door, right. explaining, you know, they wander, you know, they walk around the backyard, they'll check, they hang traps and, uh, and they, and they're really doing the right thing in terms of making sure that we, 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 we are breaking that cycle. So if everybody helps, if everybody helps, We'll break this cycle very quickly. From uh, from Annette, she said, uh, if you're unlucky enough to have fruit fly in your property, in your backyard, she said, uh, how long is that uh, is that property of yours or are those trees of yours kind of uh, in quarantine? Is there such a thing, Nick, is that? Yeah, so what we do, and, and there's one thing about fruit fly is there's some agreed rules around how right. what, what it means to eradicate it, and that, yeah. that helps to open up markets and things when we finish. It's at least 12 weeks, so at least three months. So what happens over those three months? So um, it, 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 you'll see um, our teams in their orange overalls yeah. trying to access people's backyards, and I really ask people to help them get access to backyards because that's what we need to be able to do to apply organic bait and the organic bait is something we put out and the fruit flies are attracted to it because it's a food and they eat it and they, and they die and the other thing our teams are doing are picking up excess fruit and those two things together break the life cycle yeah what about if a, a property near you the property next door to you has fruit fly well that invariably mean that you've got it too 
Yeah, so we put a, does, a, yeah. a, a a perimeter around an outbreak uh, of one and a half kilometres. So those oh, red zones... Oh, as extensive as that. Yeah, so those yeah. red zones I was talking about, each one is one and a half kilometres, and people can go to the fruitfly.sa.gov.au website and check out if they're in a red zone. Yeah. But it really is, we need to have that buffer to make sure we've got a proper line of control around it. Righto. So as long as that 12, 12 weeks, mm. it's quite a quarantine period. Not as bad as Victoria, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. From uh, Annette, a, a question. She said, is it only a problem in metropolitan Adelaide or indeed uh, are you uh, coming across it in, in country South Australia, rural areas? So we are also eradicating fruit fly from uh, five outbreaks in the Riverland as well. Really? And, and of course, and that's a big fruit growing area, yeah. That's mm. right. And, and when we put controls in there, it has impacts on, on the growers as well. So it's it's really important. And that's a, a lot of the work we do is to protect those guys so they don't have to go, go through that um, uh, very often at all. John's question, he said, are you um, optimistic enough to believe that eventually it will be eradicated completely or is it something that we have to learn to live with? No, no, still optimistic. I mean, we've done this before and we've got a set of um, a procedure, a recipe that we follow and we've added to that this year and done extra things, but we know it works. And there's one thing about fruit fly is it's well understood what you have to do to eradicate it. And we've, we've done it and we know it works. So we're absolutely optimistic that we'll, we'll get hold of this thing. We just need people's help because the one thing that, that will um, slow us down is, is, is getting access to people's gardens because we need to get in there to do the work. And so that's what we're asking for. Kim, when you were doing your horticultural course, was um, uh, the issue of fruit fly uh, one of the topics that you addressed? One of no, the top- never. No, no, really? no, no. I mean, because really? uh, we, we, <laughs> we didn't have it. Um, well, you know, it, it wasn't ever really raised. I mean, we really? knew of it, yeah. but, and we knew the importance of what we were doing and, and growing. Yeah. But in certain, you know, certainly we, it wasn't an extensive, uh, part of the course because, uh, we had other things to do. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But the great thing also is the nursery, nursery industry, um, I've, have, Team together with Persa, and every fruit tree that you you will be buying in a garden centre now will have a label, an extra label put on it, which will remind people about what to do with, with if if they are looking at fruit fly, what to do with the fruit, um, about sort of the picking, um, you know, the checking, the collecting, and then the calling. So that uh, that label that uh, that label is one of those labels that will be attached to every fruit tree. When people are buying it at their local garden centre through the Nursery and Garden Industry Association, and also there are flyers at uh, your local garden centre too. So that's also that part of that education and program, yeah. and just remind people about it. And uh, and I mean, the more the more we talk about it, and the more that we you know we're aware of it, um, the more we can act on it. Gabby's question: She said, to "Pilko, one of your gentlemen mentioned a hotline number. When you phone that number, do you necessarily have to give your address and location? How does it work? I think." Uh, I think you said it was a Nick a thirteen hundred number. That's right. So it's one three hundred triple six zero one zero, and and certainly not. If you'd just like to ring up and get a bit of advice and a bit uh, of um, um, information about fruit fly, we can we can help with that as well. Alrighty. So you don't necessarily have to cough up all of the information where you're living, uh, but if you do, that's the if you really need to ring the thirteen hundred number, you need to be honest and actually say, hey, listen, I've got a concern. This is where I'm living. That, that's right. And we know that we can only do this with community support. So it's not a big heady stick approach to, to fruit fly management. It's working together with the community to, get, to make sure we can do this together. All right, that number again, 1300? 666-010. Okay. What about a website if somebody wanted to actually perhaps go, and so many people do these days? 
So there's fruitfly.sa.gov.au. But even if you Google fruitfly, Persa, fruitfly, it'll, it'll South come Australia, up. it'll get there. It'll. That's right. Gentlemen, uh, thank you for coming in this afternoon. Uh, good luck with the program. It's so important. I had no idea that 37,000 of us here in Adelaide actually work either part-time or full-time in the horticultural industry. And what did you say it was worth in exports to us? $1.3 billion worth of produce is grown every year. That's a lot of money, isn't it, eh? Mm-hmm. No. Gentlemen, thank you again. Thank nice you. to catch Thanks, up. Booker. Thanks, We've Tony. been talking with the Nick Seekham and uh, Kim Cyrus on the such important issue of fruit fly, or hopefully a complete eradication of it here in South Australia. After the news, we'll be talking uh, with um, Dr. Derek McNair. God, I love him. Robbie Burns is... Uh, uh, <laughs> he can quote Robbie Burns, not even drunk. Dr. Derek McNair talking about pets right after the news at two. What's the best advice?